we always like always you and me lesson time we, we like to look back and go <laughs> yeah. how do we learn from that you yes know, awesome. what is it we've actually had a, a saying vance and i recently um let's not get mad let's get smart yeah oh, i like that <laughs> you know because there's a lot like of things that, that could get us mad trust I mean, me <laughs> <laughs> we, we're talking about a lot of things that we're like that's offensive. Like that's so bad. But okay, let's not get mad. Let's get smart. I like you know? that. And um, yeah, let's learn and having that appetite. Uh, that inspired me too. Yeah. Hey, Katrina here. If this is your first episode of The Hype Pod, then welcome. We are so glad that you found us. We had a chance to discuss the feuding billionaires, Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg, obviously with Meta releasing threads recently. We talked about the matchup between Twitter versus Meta, Musk versus Zuck, with assumed to be cage match between the two of them. We talk about the pioneers of Silicon Valley, the early days, back when it was called the Valley of Heart's Delight during the Cold War. So with all of that, I'm gonna call this episode Free Market Founder. There's nothing that quite compares to the experience of a startup founder building and innovating in America. And for those of us who are bold enough to live in, move to, and stay in Silicon Valley, it is the most unique. You really got to appreciate how much innovation is baked into the history of this area. And it might be why there has yet to be a tech hub anywhere else in the world that can rival the amount of innovation coming from the Valley. I suppose that saying that so competitively is very American too, isn't it? I'd love to know if you agree that living in the U.S. is an advantageous opportunity for you as an American startup. I'd love to know. Have a listen. Email us at podcast at hypenetwork.org. So again, I'm Katrina Macraig, director of the Hype Network. Adam Smallcomb is the founder and lead pastor of Vibe Church. Vance Rausch is the CEO and founder of Overflow. And both pastors, Adam and Vance, are the GPs of that's fun enjoy the episode no the the podcast like chill voice but the the buttery audio yeah. is what keeps the people on people love the, the buttery pod. they love the buttery Thank <clears throat> you. what's your guys favorite podcast outside of, of the hype pod of ours oh, no. <laughs> oh yeah i was like which episode um actually i'm finally in acquired oh, i love i okay which one do you listen to um, just finished the Lockheed Martin. Uh, that's a good episode. one. It's wow. a good one. That's a good one. I thought that was going to be boring. Unless With Skunk was, Works? Yeah. It's actually, so good. Works. it's actually good. We need, a, whole... we need a Skunk Works. Oh my gosh. We need a Skunk Works what? division. I, feel, I have FOMO. What's Skunk Works? You, I can't explain it. <laughs> did you watch it? I mean, did you no, listen to no. it? Okay. It's so. Listen to it. Yeah. The Skunk Works department is their R&D department. Okay. That was all their off script stuff. Wow. That was like. It's hype. It's hype network. <laughs> it's hype network. It's their, it's their. No budget limitation. Oh, it's like Google X. Kind of, but yeah. it's, it's government induced, top secret. Oh, wow. We need a plane that can, in the Cold War, take photos from 70,000 feet high, undetectable by radar. Yeah. To picture all the nuclear sites and all the things that the Russians have without being detected or being able to be shot down. That. Technology doesn't exist. Skunkworks make it. Well, wait. So the government funds this type of innovation through like yes. companies like Lockheed Martin. So let me let me. That's crazy. No, no, That's awesome. You, you got to listen because this listen this is it. how you understand that the the what's it called the industrial military complex exists. Mm. Okay, so the industrial military complex will help you understand even the Ukraine war. Okay. So the reason that America is funding Ukraine is not because we necessarily need Ukraine to win against Russia. That's the narrative, though. But exactly. 
but because America needs an enemy to fund our industrial uh, military complex. Weapons, defense. Weapons, weapons, right. So that we can spend dollars. So out of the $42 billion we've sent to Ukraine, $40 billion hasn't gone to Ukraine. Gone to our weapons. It's gone to our weapons like Lockheed Martin, um, our aerospace divisions, all that kind of stuff. So it actually goes to American contractors that produce weapons for Ukraine. So the weapons go there, but we invest in our military development of those things so that it keeps our places like Lockheed Martin. We stay sharp. Stay sharp. We stay innovative. We stay the most innovative country in the world because we've got the funds that are funding this development so that when a threat does come against America, we're not light years behind trying to now come up with technology to match China. Okay, this is a podcast that bridges innovation and the church. I don't even know if this was on the script, but I think it's interesting. Theologically, how do we think about that? Is Is there even a theological answer for that? I don't I know mean, if there's a theological answer, but I do think if you go back into, I mean, you could go Old Testament. Totally. And you could see that, you know, there were wars and that there were obviously military feats and combat and all that kind of stuff. Is there a, is there a theological or even biblical answer for staying the sharpest tool you can as far as militarily? Um, you know, I think... You know, uh, was it Psalm 34, verse 8? You train my fingers for battle, my hands for war. There you go. Maybe that's it. Yeah. Well, I mean, pragmatically speaking, it it, it just, it kind of makes sense that freedom's really not free, right? Right. It it costs something. I mean, we recently celebrated Independence Day, and whether you like it or not, there's a lot of people that fought for that type of freedom, for that type of independence, for the values that we get to enjoy in America today. Yeah, the values we get to enjoy. And I think, you know, when you look at uh, world threats, you look at innovation and how much innovation is actually at the forefront of the military defense. Yep. That's why the U.S. budget is the leading budget in the world. Mm. Now, it's hard to justify that kind of budget to a taxpayer when there isn't an existential threat. Right. So, of course, the White House loves a war. Sure. And to be honest with you, from a political agenda... The U.S.-Russia war is the perfect war because it's not spending American lives. It's just spending American dollars. Right. And those American dollars are going to innovate American weaponry Mm -hmm. that is getting also a test use case in a real war that we come out looking like – well, I mean the Biden government comes out looking like heroes. Look how much we're sending to help poor old little Ukraine when at the same time actually the agenda isn't about Ukraine. I don't think they care about Zelensky, what they care about. Now, that's a big call, but I think they, what they care more about is keeping our industrial military uh, uh, complex working over time and right. developing great yeah. products. Yeah. I mean, you think so, – so this is a great, this is a great podcast. You've got to listen to it because yeah. in there they even go into Area 51. Yeah, it's great. Really? Yeah. So Area 51, what they needed to, is a, a space to develop – all their technology planes, all that kind of stuff. Right. Right? They had to have a place. And so they came up in Las Vegas. They found Area 51, mm. yeah, right, which would end up being the perfect place. And so how do they keep this hidden? Because people out there started to notice like weird aircraft and weird lights in the sky. And naturally a narrative came out of UFOs. Like Area 51 is where UFO took – so they actually allowed that narrative to happen. They talk about this in the podcast. They do, yeah. It's a total tinfoil hat <laughs> oh, podcast. Tinfoil yeah. hat to the max. Yeah. But 
they allowed the conversation of UFOs to go keep going because it actually hid their secret skunk work division yeah. mm. on the technology that they were producing. We've talked about this. Yeah. Like as if, you know, some of the things that they've seen in the sky is UFOs. It's right. not UFOs. It's American technology. Of course. Or China technology. Of course. That has been developed under the cloak and banner of UFOs yeah. as a great, you know, distraction you know, like this uh, magician, look over here, UFOs, yeah. spooky. No, totally, it makes sense. But really it's just because what was, what's was what been developed since the stealth bomber? Mm. It was it was one of our known uh, planes that can escape radar. The only next level beyond invisible to radar is invisible to the eye. Mm. And so, of course, for the last 20 years, well, I think it was 1983 when the stealth bomber came out. So you're telling me for the last 40 years almost, <laughs> we have not developed any technology beyond the stealth bomber? Right. No, of course we have. <clears throat> yeah. But yeah. you just don't know about it because yeah, you exactly. can't see it. Yeah. Ooh, that's my tinfoil hat moment. <laughs> well, it's interesting. I think that, you know, one thing that is fascinating about this conversation is there's actually so much innovation that's going on in stealth. And this thing that I see recently, maybe in the past few years, is that this idea of, oh, we're going to build in public. We're going to build in public and right. I'm going to publish my process. Right. I, I think there is actually something to be said um, about not showing all of your cards on a strategic basis. If we're talking purely business. Sure. Um, you know, especially if you're developing something uh, of, of that level of importance, yeah. um, especially if it has geopolitical implications and things like that. But even in the startup world, you see Apple, right? Very different approach to Meta. Veiled. They are veiled. <laughs> They're veiled. Yep. They're even veiled internally. You know, yes. we you know had the privilege to be able to um, kind of see some of the inner workings, uh, and they were just kind of showing us around some of the new spaces and places at Apple. But everything is so guarded. Of course and it is. even just the people that we were talking to, they were saying how you know some of them actually heard about the Vision Pro at the same time we. Heard about yeah. the Vision Pro. These are Apple employees. It's pretty wild. And there's that movie that came out based on that concept, right? Where when mm. you leave work, your mind switches off and forgets what you worked about. And then when you walk in, they've got this chip. That's right. What that movie? they remember. What that? What's the movie called? It's it's um it's, it's on it's called Severance or something Severance. like that oh, on Apple TV. Yes, yes. Yeah, I haven't seen yeah. it, but I saw the trailer. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. yeah, you you'll you've got to catch the episode. It's um it also talks about the beginnings of Silicon Valley. I think really, you know, that yes. it's really wow. cool that that article that you just sent about Chattanooga. Mm -hmm. I think it kind of ties in here because Silicon Valley wasn't Silicon Valley no. until I forget the gentleman. I was trying to look it up, but the gentleman's name who they had recruited to the professor, do the, yeah, to do to That's pull right. together the most innovative engineers, and they brought them all to Boston, which is where they were working there on right. weaponry, whatever. And then when they close that down as a federal project, yep. he brings it over here to, to Silicon, Silicon Valley. Valley. But it wasn't Silicon Valley. Wow. No. It was Stanford. Yeah, it was Stanford. And so even the story behind that of yeah. like Stanford, land, property, proprietary it's, it's information. Parallel it's with so good. HB yeah. and, yeah. you know, all these stuff. Like it was, it's a beautiful another window into why yeah, the Silicon, Silicon chips, Valley. Yeah, yeah that, is exactly. all that kind of started coming yeah. together. Which, you know, it's interesting because... I've done a little research on that too, and, and my sense is this, I don't know all the details, but a lot of the origin actually of Silicon Valley came out of deep research. Yes. Yes. It, it, yeah. it came out of deep R&D. So when you guys are saying skunk works and explaining it, that actually makes a lot of sense because the, the silicon uh, wafer chip and um, HP, a lot of their technology was founded on 
years and expertise compounding on one another, yeah. creating what you know people call now like moats and defensibility right. around your technology and your innovation. I think it's in theme with what we talked about in the last pod of sometimes real innovation uh, and real growth is slow. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, people always say, oh, okay, Chattanooga is going to be the Silicon Valley of the South or uh, of Tennessee or, you know, um, Austin is Silicon Valley in Texas. Not really. It ain't. Th this has been compounding. Exactly. For decades. For decades. <laughs> it's, yeah. not, it's not replicable. Right. Because of the different eras and development requirements that, you know, all came together. It's, it's, there is not just one element that made the Silicon Valley the Silicon Valley. It's this cross-section of innovation and a place where that was embraced. Mm. But, you know, you're talking about moats. I actually think one of the agents to building a moat is how long you can build undercover. There you go. The longer you can build undercover under a veil and then pop at the right time. If you pop too early, it's easy for someone to piggyback off totally. and go, you know what, I could just probably iterate faster. But if you're so developed by the time you pop, yeah, uh, you've actually got so much market share, you're almost got monopoly. Therefore, the com competition can't even keep pace. Yeah, I like that. I like that approach. That's a little nugget for innovators, creators, founders out there. <laughs> you don't have to tell everybody everything that you're doing. No, no. <laughs> yeah. especially if you're early on and yes. it's uh, a technology. You kind of want to keep it close to your chest, and um, that's not like a unnecessary fear that you have to have. Um, you got to be confident in, in what you're building at the end of the day, and it will be released at some point. Um, but there is a, a, a strategic, you know, element to this of you know what I'm excited to listen to now. Lockheed yes. Martin. Yeah, we're going to check it out. That's so cool. Yeah. Okay. So speaking of sharing your ideas and everything, we just, um, we're coming on the heels of Amen Conference, Hype House, GLR. Yes. <laughs> All the so things much. we've been talking about on the Hype Pod for so long. Yeah. It's so, now in the rear view mirror. Yeah. We did it. We yeah. did it. It was awesome. Um, yeah. We'd love just, I'm, I think, so the listeners who maybe totally have FOMO and didn't get there. What I hope your, so. What? <laughs> What were your? It was pretty phenomenal. What were your highlights? Hype House, Hype Network highlights, and then GLR hi highlights of those moments. You know, it's been a whirlwind to be honest with you because we did stack it pretty hardcore with <laughs> Amen Conference, Hype House, yeah. and GLR, our Global Lead Retreat, straight afterwards. And um, you know, it's been a bit of an intense season. And at the Hype uh, House, it was by far one of the most spectacular things I've ever been a part of. Oh my yeah. goodness. Um, you know, just this year we leveled up so much and so far, uh, you know, with having the house and having all the different sessions, the AMAs, the roundups, the, uh, the conversations, the live podcasts, um, all of those kinds of things were so fun. Yeah. It was, it was just great to be in the outdoor environment to cool. have, uh, you know, probably one of the best, I would say uh, my favorite session was definitely the uh, the values and valuations. The values yes. valuations. That one. It was a good one. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that it was, was um, so good. It was phenomenal. I think we had over three hundred people, three hundred fifty yeah. people in the live audience. Yep. Uh, we had good, great questions. Good people pulling their truck up and tailgating in the parking lot. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know what that culture is <laughs> in the Silicon Valley at a tech talk. 
the they're not going thing. to the football game. They're, football they're going game. to a that tech talk and they're tailgating. Silicon Valley move. Yeah. We had like, what, did we have like kombucha on draft or something? Yeah, like this was labs. so, yeah. yeah. And then we had like pour overs with progeny. Totally. Like yeah. it was a vibe. We need to we need to cut this as a script and give it to the Silicon Valley sitcom. We need to give them yeah. this yeah. script. You know, yeah. Silicon Valley tailgating is oh, that a networking event. Totally, I know. So funny, but it was awesome. Yeah, values and valuations is probably one of the um, top. It's the one that got the most response. That and then also the startup show. What were people saying? People are just so excited, asking for the content already. I think people felt equipped. Good. Um, a lot of the questions now are, um, I will say there's a lot of people who I didn't even think were entrepreneurial and maybe they didn't know either. Yeah. They've come out of the house saying, I've got ideas. Now I just need to figure out how do I take it now from zero to whatever? Cool, yeah. How do I now? Okay. I heard what investors are looking for. Now I kind of know what, um, this is, what that is, what a pitch is. I've got an idea. And so that's kind of cool to hear cool. people want to be founders and want to take their idea into it. I had, I had similar yeah. conversations with, with several people who, uh, you know, they found themselves there out of intrigue because they have yep. got some startup ideas. Yeah. But they don't. Isn't it funny how you can have a startup idea, but you don't know how to start the company. Totally. You don't know how to take oh, your next totally. step. Yeah. And so... I really wanted to be able to let them know about some of the plans that we have, yeah. you know, some of the incubator plans that we have with hype and all that kind of stuff. It's out there now, I guess. But, uh, yeah. you know, uh, I didn't really have the, the stuff ready to show them. Yeah. But I, I do want people to know that we've got stuff cooking yeah. that is going to be so exciting <laughs> for anybody who wants to go from zero to one, who wants to get into the innovation world, become an entrepreneur, who's willing to take that just crazy journey of building a company and forming a team. We want to help them. We yeah. want to help people get started. And, you know, you, you might have a passion about a product, uh, but you might not have the business sense or That's the right. experience. Yeah. Well, we do. We can help you get started right. uh, just right. so that we can see more creativity in this world. Even in the networking sense, somebody had asked, it's funny, we had talked about this in a previous conversation, just dreaming up what the network could be. And, um, to articulate it just short, they were asking basically, can there be matchmaking? They're like, I'm a problem solver, but I don't have an idea. Mm. I could be an amazing blah, blah, blah developer. Yeah, so like co-founder matchmaking. Absolutely. That's cool. So, so I've had a couple questions need. about that. Yeah, just like, could you match me up with somebody? I've got kingdom values. Do they have kingdom values? I want to follow a founder to make that happen. That was really exciting to hear as well. So. Yeah, I mean, uh, a couple of things that stuck out to me, there was no pretense. And yeah. so you had the people that we're talking about that are really wanting to go from zero to one, their pre-seed, their pre-product, an idea and a dream in their heart, all the way to, we had literally people that are running billion dollar companies yeah. and billion dollar yes. funds, no pretense, mm -hmm. in the front row, engaged. Taking notes. Taking that was, notes. That's hilarious. Like I'm looking over at this one guy we all know. <laughs> Who's, you know, he, he is the chairman of probably a very, very wealthy company. Yeah. But he is literally front and center taking mm -hmm. notes. Yeah. Unreal. That's, that talks to me about being a lifelong learner. Yes. Lifelong learner. He, we do this too. We always like, always you and me, we lesson time. We, we like to look back and go, how do we learn from that? Yes. You know, awesome. What is it? We've actually had a, a saying, Vance and I recently, um, let's not get mad. Let's get smart. Yeah. Oh, I like that. <laughs> you know, because There's a lot like of things that, that could lot. get us mad. Trust I mean, me. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about a lot of things that we're like, that's offensive. Like that's so bad. But okay, let's not get mad. Let's get smart. I like you know? that. And um, yeah, let's learn and having that appetite. Uh, that inspired me too. Yeah. 
I also thought there was a spirit of generosity in the room. Yeah. Uh, it's not even a room. It's like this open air yeah. <laughs> parking lot situation. Right. Absolutely, yeah. But such generosity where with no pretense, people at whatever stage or phase they are in the journey, sharing ideas, yep. sharing insights, encouraging. sharing wisdom, encouraging, yeah. making cross connections, making, honestly, I feel like some lifelong friends Absolutely. were made in that space and people telling me that they're still in contact with so-and-so that they met at the hype house. And I think it exceeded everybody's expectations, including ours. Actually. Yes. <laughs> we're like, yeah, totally. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, we were hyping it up, mm-hmm. but what actually transacted, um, was so cool. And so yeah, I would second to what Pastor Adam's saying about, we've had our little own skunk works happening. We have, <laughs> we have <laughs> a little yeah. bit in the lab and, uh, yeah. excited to share more in time about how we take this further faster yeah. uh, for the sake of all the people that are now connected yeah, that are, are entrepreneurial-minded kingdom forward. But yeah. we're building under the veil right now. Exactly. It's so good. So that it pops <laughs> at the right time. There's been so much talk about how new and unique it is because of how kingdom it is. Yeah. And so as I've been chatting with people on our team and the connections that they made, um, the some of the things that have stood out was I was networking and then I was praying with that person. And that, wow. that, that was really cool. So speaking of just being generous and just open-handed people were literally, you know, there was a couple of people who have been part of this recent, you know, tech layoff wave and they were in there to make connections, but also to make, like you said, friendships. And so there, there was prayer happening well, at the same time. Well, I've awesome. been part of these different incubator kind of entrepreneur networks before. I've been a part of a few p- prominent ones in the past uh, three years and they do have th- these ideas around trying to match make co-founders. H- here's the problem. W- finding a co-founder is not casual. No. Yeah. I've, I've actually realized this is not on the level of marriage, but it's like it's close. A, a, it's close because yeah. it's, it's, you're saying we're at least committed for 10 years. A lot yeah. of trust. You, know, you know, marriage, we're committed for life. But <laughs> in, in a business relationship, you're at least committed for kind of the type of startups that we're interested in at least committed for 10 years. And right. so if you're trying to sift through people with similar values, that's already a huge barrier. Yeah. A yeah. huge barrier. Because if you actually get aligned with somebody that doesn't have the right values, um, already it's that much more difficult. Even with that, it's still like you need time to pressure and, test character. People can but, fake values. Oh my goodness. People have, a, have uh, you know, virtue signaling. Yeah. which can be just, you know, declaring a value that they don't really live. And we've seen this. We've seen this with uh, investments. We've seen it with uh, VCs. A lot of VCs are going through this right now. Where, right now, wow. Where yeah. they've made investments based on someone's uh, perceived integrity, but their integrity mm. has crippled the company. Wow. And then, you know, the VC is left with a poor investment. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So there's a lot of that, uh, but... If we can continue to create a space in a place where we are not teaching good business principles to help them accelerate their idea, but also in a way that's integrous, yes. right? Yeah. And we start highlighting and promoting and putting our resources behind those that are doing it right. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Can we create a new model? Yeah. So that's, that, that's actually cool. Yeah. That's actually desirable. Yeah. That's really cool. I think the whole thing was cool, um, but that is in the past. Yeah. What's in our present mm. is billionaire feuds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Can we talk about Let's billionaire talk about feuds? Yeah. Elon Zuck. Yeah. Let's. Okay. It's get, what, what's your hot take? I mean, who would win? I mean, in I, a UFC fight. I've had if you're not caught up, they're going to do a UFC fight. Yeah. They are gonna, 
I think it's going to happen. This is not fake news, guys. Do you like think Dana White's really involved. Happen? Elon's really? got a trainer now. He's got a UFC trainer. And, oh uh, you know, Zuck's been, he's kind of like a jiu-jitsu champion and like, I guess, Atherton or something. I don't know where he <laughs> did the thing. Somewhere. So I don't know what the competition <laughs> level was, but he won. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, it's a cage fight that we're all waiting for. So you don't think that the Twitter threads, that's not it. We're going to see something. Well, we'll go to that literally. in a second, but everybody wants to know who's going to win the UFC fight password. Okay. So uh, here's, here's my professional opinion. I think... <laughs> <laughs> This is actually on one level. This is going to change boxing or or fighting, co- fighting sports because it's going to dismay everybody because they're yes. going to get more viewers for this match than any professional <laughs> UFC Pro- match. Professional in MMA fighters are going to be so mad. They're going to be so. They do this for their life, and then you got two essentially nerds, tech nerds, who are going to just clean up. You know, <laughs> fight it out. My money is going to be put on Elon. Okay. Now the reason is size. Weight, right? Mm-hmm. Size, weight, and reach. Uh, I'm. I definitely think fitness is in the Zuck category. Yes. Oh, Zuck looks great. He can endure, and he oh, might yeah. be able to wear him out. That has is probably way hope. more skills. But they're saying it's a year away. Oh. You can okay. get pretty fit in a year. Sure. And okay. with all the money and the resources that these guys both have, I don't think there's going to be potentially that much. If if <laughs> if Elon is very serious about it, and he doesn't want to get like absolutely whooped yeah he's gonna put the work in yeah and he, we know elon when he puts his mind to something oh man he can do a lot he goes after it so he's like six one and zuck is five, five seven. seven. Oh, yeah. that's a big difference yeah. so on even if elon didn't that's train like one, david versus goliath right there yeah even if <laughs> even if elon didn't train one more day I also put my money on Elon for this one reason. He has a tactic that I think is unbeatable by Zuck. And he said it on an article recently. It's called the walrus. <laughs> <laughs> so I think so he's good. just going to fall <laughs> on Zuck. Sm- and I, 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 th- I think that's a winning strategy. It's I'm not a professional smother. fighter, <laughs> but I think that's a winning strategy if you're that much bigger. <laughs> I'm going to smother him. <laughs> that, is, that is, you know, get him on the mat and just lay. <laughs> I think it's funny that I can even find this online, but Elon is six one and weighs one hundred eighty pounds. Oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. What's his social security number? <laughs> wait, wait. Find that out there. Elon, then, Elon only weighs one hundred eighty pounds. Well, who? I mean, no, that, come that can't, on. No. I mean, that's, I, that's what this. Side that is. would news. mean he's lean. I don't think Elon's lean. That's fake news. <laughs> that's then, fake news. Zuck, I mean, he is the richest guy in the world. He could pay anybody to edit Google. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. And then Zuckerberg. Uh, Looks like he's 5'7 and 154 pounds. That sounds about right. Yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. I mean. But Elon being 180 pounds. Come on. There's no way. That means he's lighter than us. There's no way. And this is not like you have to cut weight for the match. Like no. this is a match. Oh, it's exhibition. So it's, it's like, not like for a title prize. Exactly. So Do it's you just think for Dana White rights. is part of this? He's in it, on no, it. no, I don't think he oh. went on record saying that yeah. he's talking to both of them. Okay. And okay. he predicts it's a billion dollar fight. Jeez. Let's go. Two Jeez. billionaires creating a billion dollar fight. So random. <laughs> but <laughs> what a time you, to be alive. But don't you love a billionaire feud? Love it. Because they have no need to feud. No need. They're billionaires. But <laughs> they're petty. You're when billionaires so petty. become petty. Like this is hilarious. And even the name calling that's happening and, and stuff like this from Elon, it's all trying to provoke and it does actually move into the Twitter thread space for sure. Yeah. Um, well, I saw this uh, uh, this tweet 
Um, it was actually from Elon's parody account, but yeah. I thought it was funny. It was like this trash talking, signing off, um, Elon, your wife drives a Tesla Musk. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. So, so, you know, Elon has the quick quips on Twitter, but Zuck has put resources behind basically cloning his product. Yes. and <laughs> My God. Absolutely. Now I think, you know, there's not one funny bone in Zuck's body. Just <laughs> yeah. be honest. Like he, he is not a funny guy. He doesn't know how to be quick. He's not quippy. Um, I don't think he probably even understands half the jokes that, no, no, no. that Elon's putting toward him. Um, so, you know, if it was a battle of the, you know, if it was a, a comedy stage battle, you know, it's definitely Elon's got it. Right, right, right. Um, but I think this is – I just think the, the principle of the billionaire feud is always a fascinating one. Hey, on a on – a, I'm going to copy your tech and dominate you battle. Dang. I think Zuck – Zuck crushed it. Yeah. Well, okay, so, so, so Zuck has done this before, right? Yeah. So he's done this with stories. He copied Snapchat, mm -hmm. and I don't know how Snapchat's doing. <clears throat> I don't think it's going well. Uh, and then, you know, TikTok was getting a lot of traction – they're having a lot of geopolitical issues and he pretty much copied it with reels. With reels yeah. And I don't know, I'm not on TikTok and I know a lot of people are. I don't think millennials have converted over really. I think it's still mainly Gen Z. Um, he's, he's done a lot of things really successfully and copying features and then just dominating, mm -hmm. right? It's a little bit different because you have to actually download threads, but what's your guys' take? He's done it again. Uh, look, I mean, he, he keeps doing it and... Um I'd love to know what your guys take and maybe what the public is. The public seem to be really into threads for some unknown 100 reason. Hundred million signups yeah. in like days. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. Thirty million in the first night. Wow. Yeah. And I think what we've got the reason that is is because everybody is already on Instagram. It's yeah, easy. of course. Yeah. And so it's like the hot new thing, and it's so easy to download. They made, made it so easy. They made it frictionless. You can just download. Everything's imported. It's super quick. So they removed the barrier to entry. They've already got the market share. So it's not an – I don't think we can measure it in the fairness of how many users they got because it's right. literally just the same users. I don't know why we need another <laughs> – I don't know why we need threads. Um, yeah. it's, it's been posed as a friendlier conversation place yeah. than Twitter. Um, what, what makes it friendlier? We're just all meant to agree. Uh, <laughs> and I, I think what makes it – friendlier is that they're actually very clear with their banning people quicker oh they and, are wow, yeah and they're uh, censoring people yeah. a lot faster oh, people are not gonna like that and so it's like why do i want to be in a friendly chat room sure with strangers with 100 million people it just seems that's what i feel like i'm, I'm yeah. still waiting and I, I put this on threads i'm still waiting for an interesting conversation <laughs> yeah you did because everyone's sure too did. afraid to actually start something controversial <clears throat> yeah that's what twitter's for yeah Twitter's there for the controversy. And all Twitter has to do is remain controversial. Right. Because yeah. threads won't be. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think, you know, I thought about it similarly in, okay, from first principles, what does threads actually solve? Because it does seem petty. Yeah. <laughs> it does seem like, you know what, Elon, I don't know if I like you. I'm just going to create my own. Mm. And I don't think that's a big enough problem being solved to sustain the engagement of a platform. Mm -hmm. I do think that the signup numbers are a farce yeah. uh, because obviously they're going to be able to do something like that. They're meta, right? Yeah. Um, they have, you know, a couple billion users across all their properties, maybe more. 
Um, and so 100 million is is a drop it's in the expected. bucket. Yeah, it's kind of expected. And so the, the real question is, what's the daily engagement going to be from here, yeah. right? After the hype, after the hoopla, after people get on and, you know, are they going to have a magic moment where people stay? And, you know, I wouldn't put it past Zuck being able to figure it out because he's done it before mm-hmm. and he knows how to create obviously engaging sticky features this is different, in my opinion, than Reels and Stories because it's a different app. Yeah, yeah. That's why I feel like it's fundamentally different. And if it's a different app, I think it has to be a really strong problem you're solving. And I would agree. I don't understand what problem it's solving. Yeah, no, no. I don't. I, I, I wouldn't agree that people were like, oh, man, I just want a more friendly place to have a conversation. No. I don't think like I like it's like that meme. No but, one. But you've seen like, that narrative. You know, oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we, <clears throat> hey, and everyone's on there like. Uh, you know, it's like that first day of school kind of vibes. Like, hey, we're all going to be friendly, right? You know, from here on out. Well, it takes one bully in the schoolyard to then you go, I hate school. <laughs> hey, so 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 <laughs> this is a little bit tinfoily, but like I've seen a, a lot bit. of people like every 10 threads say something like that. Yeah. Yep. You know what's so interesting is how infectious mind viruses are. Mind virus. You know, like Ooh, let's go down the like mind pe- virus. People pathway. can just like seed ideas, yeah. and then people just catch onto it like wildfire yes. because the power of social yeah. media it just goes, and then everybody is literally groupthink. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, guys, remember this is a place we're gonna be friendly. It's like, but, why? Wh- when did this happen? Who said mm. this first? So let me take it out <laughs> of the even the social media. Let me put it in the preaching realm, right? Because I can, I know I can have the. I can do this. If I just stand up on Sunday and I say, hey, church, I'm bringing you fresh revelation today. <laughs> and then I ask somebody after service, what was, what would you get? I said, oh, we had fresh revelation. <laughs> because yeah. a lot of people, and you, you listen to preachers do it now. I, have, I will discipline myself to make sure I don't do mind virus mm. by just telling you so people regurgitate it. But you hear people saying, hey, this is deep theology. And people go, wow, today we got deep theology. <laughs> no, you didn't. They just said it. And I think it's like you giving people handles or things to repeat. Right. Yeah. So when they say, hey, what do you like about threads? Oh, it's a friendlier conversation. Right. Is it, is it or is it just a nothing conversation? <laughs> because people are on there giving status updates again, like when Facebook first started. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm going to the beach today. Right. And someone's meant to comment on that thread and go, oh, have fun. Like, what, what, are you, what is this conversation? <laughs> okay, so what, what did you think Instagram solved? And I why think, do you like that better? I think Instagram, um, so there's for and against for Instagram, right? I think people have to take breaks from Instagram because they don't know how to use the feed. They don't know how to use the followers. Yeah. They don't know how to not follow accounts that get them agitated. Sure. And, you, I mean, I remember, like, for me, I'm I'm so free with Instagram. If I don't like what you're putting out there, I just stop following you. And there you go. If if you're annoying, I yeah. stop following you. Yeah. And I've got no love lost. Like, don't follow me. That's fine. But I want to share what I'm doing. I want to share thoughts. I want to repost stuff that I find interesting. That is, that's the purpose of Instagram for me. I follow a lot of, I get my news from Instagram. I follow cool products on Instagram, uh, designs, different things like that, that I get inspired by. And I don't have to follow any of the garbage that annoys me. Sure. But a lot of people who are getting fi- like fatigued from social media, they're stuck maybe following something that they can't unfollow for some reason. Well, it's interesting because you're saying that <clears throat> you either get inspired or you find something interesting on Instagram. I, I do wonder if there's an insight here where because 
it's a video or image-based thing, you have to be more intentional mm. about yeah. what you post. Because if it's a text-based thing, you literally whatever comes to your mind, I just free flow it into my fingers. <laughs> and maybe that's why it's not interesting. Yeah, I don't think that's interesting. I think I think that's what it, you're exactly right yeah. for me. Yeah, I think that there's a creativity that you can have and that what that's what makes some things stand out in Instagram. And so if you're a little bit more creative and it's a little bit more engaging, there's a challenge with it. Like if you bring better content on Instagram, it's actually more fun to follow. Well, yeah, somebody. so people struggle yeah. with the comparison. But on the flip side, I think why Instagram is still sticky and why people initially got on it and it grew so fast yeah. is because it's it's almost like made everybody think they are creative. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and some people really are, yeah. but like... Yeah, I mean, and there's different things that annoy me, right? So I was following a few news accounts and they started doing this this plan where they would post a highlight and they say, for the story, go to our bio. I'm like, unfollow. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to vote that that's not what I want this to be by yeah. the unfollow. Right. Um, and hopefully a lot of people just go, oh, same. Yeah, mm. see ya. I'm not into that. I don't want to do the catch me on the headline so then I have to go to your account and you yeah. know increase your hits on your website or something right. like that. No, no, that's a platform. Give it on the platform. Yep. Or don't give it at all. Yep. So there are some things I get control of in my world, yeah. whether that en ends up playing in the effect of the algorithm or how they actually do business, I could care less, but they lost me. Yeah. yeah. And so I need people to know that if they want to try something out, they could lose real followers and they mm. could lose impact. Yeah. I think while I was going through threads on the first day, the thing that I got fatigued with was just that you're just hearing everybody's random thoughts. And so I went back to Twitter as I just wanted to know what was happening in the world or in someone's world. Sure. So I think Twitter and Instagram do similar things for some people, which is, and it, it might, and it might just be just information. That's where some people get their, some people get their news. Other people, it might be voyeuristic because you actually want to see what that celebrity is doing. But I think Twitter did that really well in the very beginning. It made you feel like you could, hear directly from a person whether yeah. it was like a celebrity or a politician or something and insta in the threads space is like you're hearing from everybody and you can't filter it out and that's probably the fatiguing thing like there's no there's no breakdown to what's trending there's no like there's no hashtags you could search if i wanted to know oh, what yeah. you're talking about there's no curation there's no saying. curation and yeah. so and i i feel like that's going to be an iteration obviously probably. later but um, right now it is, I think that's fatiguing, but I think, I wonder what it's going to like. I would really love to see what it's going to look like in the next iteration. Are they going to do what TikTok did and figure out how to do a for you page so that it does keep you in threads? I'll say this, Twitter versus threads. I'm going Twitter. So I'm going Twitter. E Elon would win in a UFC fight in a stand up comedy match <laughs> and Twitter versus threads. <laughs> we are we are but, leaning Elon strongly. But if you work at Meta reason. and you're listening at this, hey, we love we you. Love you. Yeah, yeah, we love you. We love you. <laughs> okay, so we're still on Instagram. Like, I love Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what they've got. Instagram's yeah. my favorite. Yeah, I love Instagram. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. It's definitely. I, I don't. I'm not definitely not a TikTok person. I don't oh, have definitely that. not. A, that's uh, toxic to that me. Yeah. I'm, I definitely am already over Threads. Um, yeah, and I will pop on you know, bi-annually to Twitter. <laughs> You'll do your annual tweet. Yeah. What What would make you switch over to threads? Like if you had to create an iteration of it, what is it missing? Everything. Everything. <laughs> Pictures. 
Pastor, Pastor, Pastor Adam's a visual person. <laughs> no, you know what? I like Twitter because of what you said, Katrina. It is actually where I get my news. Yeah. The uh, most annoying yeah. thing right now is when people post a thread to Instagram. Oh my goodness. That yeah. is <laughs> I'm guilty. Idiocy. I'm I, did you do I that? I'm trying. Uh, I was just like, that? if we're gonna use this, how do we use this? And then Not I got like no that. engagement. Not like that. Yeah, done. You you yeah. people do not do that. You think we're I'm like actually, looking at your screenshotted threads posting like, ooh, let me <laughs> Can I go on record to say if you do that? You're, you're probably going to get unfollowed. You're going to unfollow so many people. You're going to unfollow so many people. Yeah. So many people are doing it. And Everybody's doing and it. And I don't mind. I love purging you test the following. It. I love a purge. You've got to test it so you know what you're using. You don't have to test yeah. it that way. You definitely don't. It, I mean, why? Why did we create a whole nother app and another social media feed to then just post it on the same feed? Tell me. Yeah, I mean, it's That's interesting just no the, yeah, the use of... Okay, so I will say from a business perspective that my um, potential understanding of why Zuck would do something like this is because of AI, actually. So if you think about uh, what chat GPT is powered on and a lot of the contextual chatbots that are being created on top of it, it's actually uh, on large language models, LLMs, that are mainly trained on text-based data. Exactly. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, and so even if Threads doesn't win, they still win. Yeah. Because they are getting much more text-based <sighs> data than ever before, Yeah. right? And so that would be like a strategic move that kind of would make sense yeah. to could, me. Could you speak to, because I don't know how to understand this, and this is like tin, probably tinfoil hat for me, but when you look at the App Store and it shows all the data, wait, hold on, let me actually bring it up. Because when does this become a security concern? Because to your point, it's now open source. It's going to get exactly. all this information on us. Exactly. So what combats that? And do we need infrastructure rails in this space? Do we need to be thinking about that already? I was just looking at threads here. And I'm going to show you because I don't know what all of this means. And so I need you to tell me. Okay. But, okay. So data linked to you in the App Store for threads. What is the sensitive info? What's the other data that they're gathering from us as users? Oh, you were one of the people that actually read what you were signing <laughs> up. I literally did not know that existed. I no, thought like, it was speed like, to sign up. That's <laughs> I did no, I did. Yeah. I did right away. But Yeah. I mean just curious. I was looking for everything's a out reason there. to delete my threads and uh you probably just gave it to me. Look, honestly, <laughs> financial info. Yeah, it's financial right? info. You know, everything is available. Why are they collecting health and fitness data? That's what I want to know. <laughs> health and fitness, financial info, contact info. But what is um, sensitive info and other data? What is that stuff? I mean, search it. I can't. I don't know. No, you can't press that. You have to put that into like that. your. In, you don't what have do a search engine. Oh, Katrina. oh, okay, I see. Sorry, got, like, I'm running a podcast. Katrina <laughs> had like a boomer moment, yeah, big time. <laughs> okay, like, boomer. You've got a computer right there, and you've got a cell phone in your hand. Where's a rune? I need a rune. <laughs> yeah, we have been missing a rune. I tell you, literally. The one I thought time we hired he, him. The one time he could do something, he's not. I thought here. we hired him on a volunteer wage, and literally, he literally. never shows up. Literally. Yeah. Um, look, honestly, I think. All things aside, uh, I definitely am going to stick with Instagram. I do love a good video. I I don't know about you guys, but I don't know why we need to hear everybody's thoughts on everything. 
I don't know why. Mm. I don't know why people are so excited about hearing each other's thoughts. Everybody wants to be a thought leader. Everyone wants to be a thought leader. They want to be heard. People want to be heard. Um, and cool. I think if Threads provides a platform, Facebook was the initial place for that where people could be heard. Um, and then for me, what I love about Instagram is the people who just want to be heard, I unfollow. And the people that want to, you know, show me their cool life, their kids, their fun, their family. I, I want to follow that. I want to see that. I want to see resort destinations. I want to get inspired on where I'm planning. That's what I love about Instagram. And, uh, you know, if someone turns Instagram into a constant thought platform, uh, I'm not into it. My opinion is that counseling and therapy shouldn't be public. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So good. That's you know, good. I think uh, society, a large part of society is using social media as their outlet the for free therapy. Yeah. Counseling and therapy. And that's just, that's probably actually really un unhealthy. Actually it is definitely <laughs> unhealthy. And so, you know, these tools to be used for inspiration and adventure and novelty and connection, I think is probably healthy and cool and awesome. Keep tabs on people, things like that. It, it's seeded with the mind virus of vulnerability is everything. Yeah. Right. These buzzwords yeah. of vulnerability mm. and transparency, I've seen go off the cliff. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. like you don't want to bleed on people. That's not sanitary. Yeah. <laughs> sanitary. Yes. No, and I think it also um I think it also can create and normalize things that shouldn't be normalized. Sure. You know, because all of a sudden your thread is getting dominated with a certain kind of conversation. And, you know, maybe it is about how uh Okay, like pronouns or, you know, when that first came out, everyone's like, that's just absolutely ridiculous. That's not even what a pronoun is. But, oh, what's your pronoun? Now, because you've heard it so much or seen it so much. You gave voice to a thought. You gave voice to a thought. Now it's like, well, that's just normal because now I'm desensitized with that stupidity. Right. Um, or the fact that, you know, uh, even the terminology, the, the sex you were assigned at birth. No one was assigned a birth, at birth a sex. It was way beyond birth. It was in the genetic code. It was in the DNA of who you are is, is male, female. And honestly, uh, but because we've seen it so much now, it's actually becoming a normal part of life to say, hey, you have to stick with the sex that you're assigned at birth. Well, now we're normalizing sentences that are stupid. Language is powerful, right? Yeah. And it is interesting to me that we actually earlier were talking about mind viruses we are in culture specifically in a war of ideas and ideas are actually based on ideologies and values. Yep. And so it's really exciting when we talk about these spaces where we're cultivating conversations on this pod and hopefully at our events and things like that in the hype network where we can gather innovators, creators, designers, entrepreneurs, coders, people that can make stuff and create stuff uh, we actually have somebody in our community recently who's a movie producer, mm -hmm. right? Hollywood has incredible influence because it tells stories. If we can like cultivate this Avengers level crew of yeah. people that yeah, actually can, can hash out, what do we actually believe? Right. Uh, what ideologies are we going to subscribe to? The ideologies that everybody on talking on this pod subscribe to is the Bible, um, and we turn those into ideas that turn into stories and products and platforms, you can actually effectuate real change. 
right? right? Because mm-hmm. all these ideas in these mind viruses of how it effectuates into society with even the conversation around pronoun, it came from somewhere. Yep. It came from a design. It came from a post. It came from a movie. It came from a story. It came from somebody's journey that was elevated. And so it, it came from somewhere. Actually, it can come from an agenda. Exactly. Yeah. That someone has a clear agenda and their best way to get this agenda across and get traction is if I use these platforms to reiterate that and drive that home. And people pick it up. People pick it up. And it becomes now not an abnormal thought. Like even let's just take uh, climate change. We've got so many things that are just attributed to climate change that have got nothing to do with climate change. Sure. That it just becomes climate change. You know, when it's too hot, it's climate change. When it's too cold, it's climate change. When it rains too much, it's climate change. Everything now just becomes climate change because somebody said it was climate change. Not because they've been around 100 years and maybe the earth is on a 100-year cycle and there is different seasons and all those kinds of things. No, no, it's, it's definitely climate change. So then we end up spending billions of dollars on these carbon footprints and minimizing things that we could be spending on helping people yep. and actually investing in better areas. But no, we're going to neutralize some things that really is going to have minimal effect. So I think you got me on the little tin. I was going to say someone's going to hear this and go, climate change is not real. <laughs> that's going to be the question. I think a lot of people get. will, yeah. you know, and that, that's, it's a good conversation to just question your assumption. Yes. Always. Yeah. What, and, and here's the thing, like you, you don't always have to immediately agree, but you should always be intellectually curious and yeah. honest to yeah. challenge your assumptions. Yeah. Right. You, you have to do that if you want to grow. Um, and I do think, and I, I saw this on July 4th this past year. I don't know if you guys felt the same, but the, maybe the prior to July 4s, the proud to be American thing felt really muted. Oh yeah. yeah. I feel like this past one, I was pleasantly surprised that there was a lot more people showing up in my feed and me included wanting to to promote it. Man, I'm proud to be an American. Like oh, yeah. I grew up with that song. Yeah. <laughs> hey Vance, that's very right wing of you. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> I am right wing. Yeah. Right. I'm not alt-right, but I'm conservative. There you go. Yeah. yeah. You know, this is my third, uh, fourth being an American and, the last two, I definitely felt like I was flying the flag on my own. Right. Uh, as and a new Australian. American. Yeah. And, uh, you know, very proud being naturalized and uh, being able to say, hey, I'm embracing this country, the flag for what it stands for. And it definitely felt like people were afraid to. Yeah. Totally they sure. were. To be proud. I definitely think that tune is maybe changing a little bit because people. I'm hopeful. This time there was way more. Maybe it was because we were in Hawaii that there were a lot more American flags. Military people, yeah. There were military people. So we spent the fourth in Hawaii and, uh, man, I was like, wow, we're back. Mm. People are flying the flags. People mm-hmm. were had it on their cars and they had like the Hawaiian flag and the American flag. I was in Tahoe. It was the same. It yeah. was cool. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, that's interesting. Where were yeah. you? Here. Out here in the Bay Area. Were the flags? Yeah, absolutely. Let's go. Were Let's go Silicon up. Valley. Yeah. And we live in a city where you can set up fireworks, so... Was, so do really we, good. and I wasn't there. Yeah. I, I missed it. Hollister yeah, I had one is... that went right by my face. Did you? Oh, we, wow. Yeah. I'm glad you're here. I shouldn't say it on this, but we had illegal fireworks. <laughs> we just know people. So. Yeah, you shouldn't Being have Filipino. said that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I will cut that out. But no, no, definitely. I, I agree. I think it's trending more proud again, more nationalistic. What I do you think, think has changed? Great. Somebody inserted a mind virus. This mm-hmm. was a good one. That was a good one. This was a good one. So what I'm saying is like, Mind viruses don't have to be bad. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we had a very like 
Yeah. We kind of had this veneer over America for the last few years that was just very negative. Yeah. Right. And very critical. Everybody's just so critical yeah. and negative. It's like, what's wrong with being a little bit positive? Yes, we should always, yeah. you know, um, be be mindful of those things that we need to address and and things like that. But at the same time, that doesn't that doesn't even need to be at the sake of being proud to be an American. <laughs> You no, I think I mean? it's important. I think especially if you are going to be a free market founder, to be understand what it is it means to be proudly American. Yes, huge. Literally means that you huge. are proud to be part of a capitalist society where yeah. you have opportunity to mm-hmm. actually start a company and get funding for your idea and actually have a free market where you can push into a market that other countries do not simply have the freedoms to do it. Even that alone should make you proud to be an American. This is not opinion, by the way. This is actually fact. We had the statistic. I sent you that thing. Yeah. Yeah. That U.S. unequivocally is by far the most innovative country when it comes to startup tech innovation yeah like it's the index yeah. score is not even close what's the score okay, that so the we u.s got, has we've got best countries yeah. for startups 2023 now this was put out by um an israeli post right okay and they've got the score of the united states is got a score of 198.08 next after that was the uk with a 52 point a 51.2 not even close yeah not so even close like You've got almost 200 score for United States. The closest after that is the UK with 51. Israel came in at 46. Canada, 34. I think you go all the way down Sweden, Singapore, Germany, France, Australia, right down there at 21. But then it just kind of goes all the way down to the top 40. Um, Number 40 being Colombia with a 5.4. But, I mean, look at these rankings. United States at a 198, like in a league of their own when it comes to Free market, yeah, startups, opportunity, the land of the free. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. I think that as you were starting to change the conversation to founders, if you're an American founder, you're an American startup, how do because I think our conversation's often about how both of you think mm-hmm. about <clears throat> how you change your perspective on things, even with you saying don't get mad, yep. get smart. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? How do you not assume, like, how do you look at something and go, okay, that might be a mind virus that I don't want to subscribe to. How do you shift your perspective on well, I think it's, change, I think example? it's the, the it's, it's very American to actually have free thinking, to be able to have a free thought and to actually not go, hey, I need to subscribe to a, a particular narrative, right? I don't need to come under a, I don't need to actually believe everything I'm told. Yeah. I can actually choose for myself because I'm free. Yeah. what I want to do and how I want to do it. And uh, I think that's one of the ways to approach it. If I'm looking at where I'm limited or what I cannot can, – like so even coming from Australia, I mean I'm not surprised that Australia has a, a 21 score because there is still a lot of prohibitations to actually starting things. You know, you don't – it's not the second – like this is crazy about America, but you can file for bankruptcy many times and start again. In other countries like Australia, if, if – you go bankrupt, you're on a seven-year penalty before really? you can start something again. Wow. There are those kinds of penalties to trying stuff. Now, some people can go, well, you know, what stops people from going bankrupt all the time? Nothing, except the fact that it is engineered here for people to start again, you know. So, so I think that there are – and there's the good and the bad with that for sure. But what you have here is you have opportunity. Yeah. You can pull yourself up by your bootstraps and you can make something of yourself. You can be an immigrant. 
Yeah. And you have just as much opportunity as someone who was born here. You have, you literally have that mindset to, if you put the work in, the work actually speaks for itself. Hmm. Yeah. I heard this uh, thing on a podcast recently that I thought was really fascinating where a lot of the critique of America in the past couple of years has been how, oh, you know how this country, they're just such hypocrites because yeah. of its history, because of its past. Um, the reality is that, you know, that could probably be true to an extent. But if you look at, you know, um, the past decades and the past, you know, uh, just since America was founded, right? Unequivocally, everybody would agree that there's been incredible progress. Yes. And so even if uh, you said that America is so hypocritical, you actually have to have ideals to be hypocritical. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? You have to have something that you aspire to and pursue that you want to believe to betray. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? And so um, I, I like the, the the idea that if you're an American founder, hey, you should be thankful. Yeah. There, there should be a level of gratitude, the opportunities that you get to, because this is literally not afforded in most countries. Correct. And America at its core is innovative because it's an experiment. Yeah. Talk what about we that. are a part of, the Constitution is an experiment yeah. about empowering <clears throat> the people. We, the people, it's in the Constitution. We, the people. We, the people is different from we the government. Every other country is based on we the government determine what we're going to do. Right. But it was an experiment by the founding fathers to say, hey, we the people are going to make up. Now we need a government to actually create some laws and to actually keep everything in check. But the power is meant to be in the hands of the people. That's what creates a free market. That's what creates uh, an, an opportunity, land of opportunity is because there is so much in the hands of the people. It's innovative. It's, it's not found anywhere else at this level. I think there are definitely countries that have tried, but until it's in the constitution, and that's why the constitution becomes so important to hold true to. And of course, here at Hype, we are definitely pro-America, uh, but we are pro-innovation. We yep. really love seeing people have an opportunity to try something. United States of America, what a great startup. Yeah. Let's go. And it's a good place to pull up. <laughs> Only in America can you have the possibility of a cage fight between billionaires. So where good. does this happen? Tell me where this <laughs> where happens. Where else? Tell me what sultan <laughs> is fighting another sultan <laughs> in a cage match. I'll wait. Apparently it's going to happen at the Coliseum. In LA? No, no, the in Rome. Wait. Oh, in wait, Rome. That wait. was that was the that was the chit chat. I went there too. I yeah. Like, wait, the, what? In the Colosseum at Rome. That would be insane. That was that, that would actually be put out there. That yeah. actually be insane. I would like to be there. Yeah, but I don't think the problem there is you can't get a big crowd. No, it's it's rubble. It's, it's ruins. ruins. <laughs> you know, so that's uh, not very pragmatic, guys. Come on, Dana, you're that, better than that. Yeah, so it's just be televised. Um, where do you want it to happen? No, it has to happen in Silicon Valley. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It should happen here. It's got to be like at Levi's or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or at Chase Center. <laughs> this, yeah. What are we talking Las, about? The Las Vegas um, Stadium, the Raider Stadium, is amazing. What about that, that mega? What about that mega ball that's just been made? The two point three billion dollar sphere. What is that? In mega Las ball? Vegas. The, the sphere in Las Vegas. Yeah. Oh yeah, we could it's do that. I mean, open. or it could be Vegas because it's literally a spectacle. Amazing. Like this fight is a spectacle. It is. Yeah. It has to happen in Vegas. It, it has probably to happen has in to, Vegas. Yeah. yeah. Sure. It'd be amazing. It's probably not legal anywhere else. True. Facts. But Great in Vegas. Point. The, the it, betting. It the betting part. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. There you yeah. Go. Awesome. <laughs> 
The Hype Network podcast is brought to you by VestFund. Each episode of The Hype Pod is a conversation about innovation, technology, and other market trends from the faith-filled Silicon Valley perspective. We hope that this conversation fueled your innovative ideas, that it gave you confidence to continue to build with kingdom principles.